0: Attribution is a tricky concept. It's a word that can, on one hand, mean something tangible, while at the same time also being conceptual in nature. And it's not always clear which of those meanings is in use when we see it written on or talked about in the world of digital marketing. Now, this becomes even more complicated when we hear the concept misused or misunderstood.
1: You know that old, like, uh, Uh, hype cycle graphic that has like this big like bubble coming up in the chart and like the period of hype cycle and then it drops down into the trowel of disillusionment and then it comes back up more into reality. Um, I would say attribution has gone through that.
2: If you have a 12-month marketing cycle from like first touch to when they actually become like sales qualified... And you're just looking at last click attribution in ad channel. and like, well, why isn't Google just instantly giving me leads? Well, you're not thinking about the fact that like it's a 12 month buyer cycle.
0: On November 6, 2019, Jesse Frederick and Maritz Martin wrote an article for the correspondent entitled The New Com Bubble is Here. It's called online advertising. Geez, well, in case you're confused by the article headline, the authors aren't real big fans of online advertising. In their post, they spent a good deal of time lambasting digital advertising for various and sundry negative attributes, all while, and here's the key in my opinion, what they're actually referring to is the online complexity of digital attribution, not advertising itself. I replied with my own article on Marketing Land titled, Digital Advertising is not the dot-com bubble, improper attribution is. Okay, I've never been one for short titles, and this one didn't break that trend. Go check it out if you want to read my full argument. But I bring this up because Jesse and Moritz certainly aren't the first and won't be the last to confuse advertising itself with attribution and incrementality measurements leading to poor decision-making on the part of the businesses spending their money. excuse me. As we advertisers
3: like to say, businesses investing their money on advertising. Attribution often gets confused with incrementality Uh, this I think is something that comes up a lot and they're kind of related topics but you know incrementality is is more the question would a given outcome have occurred without marketing pressure or advertising pressure for example and attribution is more about understanding the value of, of these touch points and how the picture all came together.
0: That's Mike Ryan, Head of Retail Insights at SMEC, or S-M-E-C, if you prefer. We'll be hearing from him again over the next couple of episodes as we discuss attribution. Back to the article in question. If anything, this proves the need for further conversation and understanding on attribution. All of us, from the most seasoned marketing professionals to the interns fresh out of college, need to better understand attribution. Attribution is confusing, disagreed upon, misunderstood, Undervalued, overappreciated, all while being, in my opinion, one of the most crucial digital marketing concepts for us to better understand in 2022 and beyond. We got to figure this out. Welcome to the ZetaWorks PPC Ponderings podcast, where we discuss the philosophy of PPC and ponder everything related to digital marketing. Our hope is that through these conversations with professionals in the digital marketing space, we can gain a better understanding of what is happening in the digital landscape and better prepare all of us for the future. The concept of attribution has been around for years. Many marketers probably assume they have a rather complex view of attribution, but I think it's important to get back to the basics before we discuss the more advanced how-to's. Attribution is such an important, weighty topic that we decided to break it up into two podcast episodes with four guests being interviewed across those two.
3: And I think it's one thing that's really attractive about uh, digital marketing in particular is that there's kind of a, it's, it's unleashed um, sort of a, a world of data here to work with, um, where if you think about traditional media in the past, um, <clears throat> it was a bit more haphazard the way you could connect that back uh, there are ways of doing that too. But um, with digital marketing, it's it's just a great way to help uh, connect the value of, of marketing back to the business and also to help understand what's working, what's not working, and where you can improve. And um, it ends up being a really important uh, tool to understand what's going on in your marketing.
0: Today's episode is going to give a brief introduction to attribution but we'll spend most of our time looking at ways it is commonly misunderstood, and I'd like to bring up specific concerns I have that I don't always hear others talking about. Our next episode, then, will look into practical use cases of attribution in our PPC management. As usual, I think it's worth pointing out that we try to present our interviewees in as accurate a light as possible based on the context of what they originally said. And it is worth noting that my narration opinions aren't always held by our interviewees. There's going to be a lot to think about here, but let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. What is attribution?
1: My name is Heather Ader. I am the VP of analytics at Sear Interactive, a digital marketing agency. So for me, the way I define attribution is attribution is kind of the study of uh, understanding how multiple marketing touch points on the way to a conversion impact return on ad
4: spend. My name is Mohammed Teigman and I work at Adventure Media Group, a digital marketing agency in New York.
0: And if the name Adventure Media rings a bell with you, that's because it's the home of Patrick Gilbert, who wrote the latest and greatest PPC book, Join or Die, as well as Isaac Rudansky, the king of Udemy PPC courses.
4: I would define attribution as a process by which you assign value to different touch points that led to conversion.
0: As I interviewed Nekema, the thing that stood out to me immediately was well, how much smarter she was than me. Plus, her name is way cooler too.
4: When I think of attribution, I like thinking of it not just in terms of, you know, PPC, but it really applies to everything in life, right? So someone has a partnership and like they have to divide, divide it up. Like, how do we divide that up? And that's why, like, if you, might be like, getting too practical right now, but if you look at, like, the models behind the attribution, like, some of the biggest ones are taken from game theory, which is also, like, it's just, like, how do we, how do we, like, just act within life, and how do we assign these values in a fair way?
0: Okay, so back in the 50s, the grand pappy of attribution, the marketing mix model, was already being utilized and required a whole lot of consumer point-of-sale data, internal company data, and a bit of guesswork in order to determine the impact of various marketing activities on sales. What was the purpose of the marketing mix model? Well, it was to model the impact on sales of future marketing activities. In other words, to forecast sales. That is, after all, why we also use our new fancy click attribution models, right?
2: Marty at Aimclear would say, like, are we delivering the barrels of money that, like, clients are asking us to deliver? Like,
0: Here's Amanda Farley, the VP of growth at Aimclear, a digital marketing agency based in Duluth, Minnesota. Now, if the first thing you think of when you hear the words Duluth, Minnesota is, gosh, it must be cold there, well, you're not wrong.
2: Are we driving the end value and are we showing influenced brand performance marketing halo effects that go into you know the end value that a client's hiring you for
0: we don't just want to know which campaign or keyword sent us sales so we can probably drop this tidbit of information over drinks at the pub where everyone knows our name it needs to be useful for predicting future sales
4: i don't like being the person who works with the data and does like all the hard work and doesn't get to see the results from that. So I prefer to sit in a place where I get to look at the data, make some real recommendations off of it and get to actually see um, the outcomes of that.
0: We want to understand how our marketing is driving sales so we can lean into what is working and lean away from what isn't working. That's what attribution is for, right? Well, it's complicated.
2: We're still working in somewhat of like a gray box of sometimes data that can't be connected. And so we can look at influence, we can look at, you know, we can come up with as many workarounds and connections as we possibly can. But at the end of the day, like, there's just sometimes like stuff that can't happen because of internal systems.
0: It's crucial to understand that the concept of attribution is somehow both understated and overstated at the same time. At least that's how I see it. In my book of the same name as this podcast, I describe this in terms of two ditches. You want to keep from driving your car into either the left or the right ditch. And the same goes for avoiding the two ditches on either side of attribution. The first ditch is when people don't take the time to think it through or understand what attribution is.
4: But anytime you're looking at data, um, specifically marketing data, but really any data, it's that it has to make sense. Sometimes you, that, that doesn't mean it has to be validate your theory because sometimes our theories are just straight out wrong, but it has to make sense. So if it's not making any sense, it doesn't mean that the attribution model is wrong. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. What it means is that you have to do a deeper dive.
0: You don't want to ignore it because doing so can lead you into the trap of thinking whatever simplistic view you are seeing in Google Analytics is the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Historically, this has meant accepting last-click attribution as the source of truth which can cause the unaware to invest money into primarily the last channel to send sales, and therefore they risk strangling the funnel.
2: Uh, Last touch, which, you know, we like to talk about a lot, I think, in PPC, because Google for a long time got all of the credit because that was default on everything, was that they were the last one, they were the deal closer, so they got all the credit.
0: Strangling the funnel is a marketer's rather grotesque description of describing when a business stops advertising in those initial places their consumers hang out, thinking those customers aren't valuable since they don't see evidence of purchasing in a last click model.
4: I'm definitely anti last click and first click. Like I, I don't have a problem like being strong on either of those two because you, by default, you're discounting other ones.
0: Like, if your customers are all typing your brand into Google and then buying, is the answer really to stop advertising everywhere else and shift all of your ad dollars into brand searches? Well, eventually your brand searches are gonna dry up. You strangled the funnel. Those people had to learn of your brand somewhere in order to type it into the search bar. Thus, you successfully marketed to them previously down the line or up the funnel. You just didn't see that in a last click model, but that's okay because it's an ecosystem. A problem with misunderstanding last click attribution is to forget about that ecosystem.
3: So it can strangle these really important branding measures over time or awareness measures that were actually instrumental and you didn't even know about it if you're just looking at last click. The second
0: ditch of attribution, you know, the one on the other side of the road, is that people can attribute more power to attribution than attribution actually deserves.
4: When we're talking about the machine learning models, they're really just doing things that we can do if we had if we wanted to. Um, we can sit there and we can do the math manually and we could calculate the probability of each things based off of the data that we have access to as long as as long as as a business you're collecting this data, but it is accessible. So it's data of touch points that people go through getting up to conversion.
0: Listen, everyone wants the silver bullet for their business. We all want to be able to predict the future and that leaves us vulnerable for someone to come along with fancy words like probabilistic, or algorithmic attribution.
1: The reality is like AI machine learning, those are predictive statistical models. Attribution is using past data to comment on current situation. It is not predictive. So, so attribution doesn't really use AI machine learning um, from a mathy nerdy sort of standpoint. it's It's more like analyzing what happened in the past To tell me what's happening right now like to to make decisions right now so they're actually not related from my point of
0: view in those more advanced models that we'll get into next week the platform like google is taking all of its machine learning and building a model around how it believes attribution should be best doled out using probably millions at times more data points than we can see in a more simplistic model i mean wow how could that not work out in your favor right
2: you have to look at all the different models to decide what works for you on that side of things. In reporting, though, I like to look at position or custom-based modeling to show like cross-channel influence, but that's more about, put push, again, pushing for the conversions at the channel level versus macro reporting.
0: It's important to pause here and note a common misconception about click attribution. Attribution never creates sales or revenue for your business. Okay, let me say that again, because it's important to understand, and you might have missed it. Attribution never creates sales or revenue for your business. Changing an attribution model in your Google Ads account doesn't actually create new sales. It simply doles out the credit for those sales to the various marketing campaigns or keywords or channels in a different way.
1: I don't ever recommend just looking at one model. So like the reason that there are multiple models in there is so that you can actually get perspective depending on what you're trying to optimize against.
0: This goes back to taking attribution too seriously. Sometimes people can obsess too much over the right or wrong model, when in reality, the model is simply assessing different percentages of credit through those various channels along the customer's touch points with your business. Well, okay, at least the touch points it can see, but we'll dig into that a little later. Do you see why it's foolish to assign then too much credit to, well, attribution itself?
3: We'll never know the mind of an individual consumer. Um, you don't want to overfit to that either. You just—it's just about finding the relationship. It's—it's it's just about finding an approximation of reality that is useful to you. And so, a, a misunderstanding of attribution is maybe that this is actually reflecting objective reality uh, that that can't be the case entirely. You know, attribution is just one view of reality. And these different models can have um, value um, in terms of offering you different perspectives.
0: Let me illustrate. Let's say you sell a $100 pair of shoes in your Shopify store. Congratulations, you're an e-commerce expert guru ninja now. Go sell a course. Yeah, sarcasm aside, I'm kind of a hypocrite, I guess, because I actually do have a course. But regardless, what source or sources should get the credit for your $100 sale? Well, your selected attribution model decides to give $40 to Facebook, the first touch point. Then uh, another $4 to each of the five Google ads clicks in the middle of the buyer journey. And then finally, another $40 to the Google organic brand search that led to the sale at the end. If my math is correct, that's $100. It's all doled out. Wow, that looks great. It's perfect.
4: When you oversimplify it, it's just asking incremental. what's the incremental um, value of each additional touch point. So if I'm comparing someone who comes in from, for example, like a Google paid touch point, and then you go on to Google organic and then you have a Facebook touch point, right? And that's your that's your journey. And then you have another journey that's a Google paid and then a Google organic and then a Facebook and then an email. What was the probability what was of conversion within the first sequence versus within the second sequence. And whatever additional probability you have in the second sequence, that's the value of email. So that's done at the larger scale, but it's also done for each and every campaign or each and every keyword.
0: You study that and then you rush off to change budgets around based on that sale. Facebook and Google Organic are the most profitable. Woohoo! Okay. Well, hold up. Why $40 and not $30 or $45 in that scenario? Well, okay, because that's not the way the particular model works. Well, why are Facebook and Google more profitable? Well, because that's how the particular model works.
2: I also think it's important to note that, like, this isn't necessarily a perfect math. It's more of just a way to look at the data to make smarter marketing and ad channel decisions.
0: Hmm, so it's complicated. Okay, well, this sounds like a job for machine learning. What if we build a model that estimates value
3: per visit based on just you know, a whole ton of data that we have. That should work, right? There can be uh, a tendency for Google or anyone, Facebook, whomever to bias their own touch points because it's financially attractive for them to do that because it helps prove their value to advertisers. Um, you might find that you have conversions that are getting claimed by multiple uh, multiple channels and this is where it becomes really challenging to take a bigger picture across your channels and harmonize that and try to understand how they're all supporting each other how they're team players.
0: Well, an algorithmic model can get closer to the truth in theory because it would have a lot of data to track user behavior with and therefore assign value based on its modeling. But it's still modeling. It's still probabilistic. It's still estimated. The the other way it can help and and
1: where we can use statistics to predict missing information is this Statistical concept of imputation, which has been around for a long time. And imputation uses um, kind of past information to past data trends to predict what's next when there is missing data. And they look at kind of a sample data versus a population, and that's something that Google is really good at doing: is collecting sample data, and then they know the universe size, so they can predict up to the population. That technique, that statistical technique, has been around for a really long time. Would I again call it AI machine learning? Probably not, um, but that might just be because I'm old um, and like, don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like traditionally trained statistician. I, I don't call myself a data scientist, you know? And so I, I think for me, I still think this like data science world is, is a very like flashy terminology, AI machine learning. It's all like wrapped up into this, uh, you know, cool thing. But in, re- in reality, It's all just statistics, but there are many kind of,
0: statistics is a very broad field and different techniques can be, are used and applied in different ways. Okay, now we come to major attribution issue number two, if you're kind of counting. Not only is it still estimated, inherent biases are also difficult to avoid. And this brings us to a core weakness I want us to remember that attribution contains. Attribution cannot, and possibly never can, measure the emotional impact of a visit.
1: Uh, it's an interesting question. I'll say um, I wouldn't consider myself to be an expert in emotions as a statistician, right? Like, <laughs> not my strong suit, but I, I think how I might translate your question into the practicality of how marketers make decisions of what to put in market is like what content resonates. And when I think about, so if I translate Emotion to various types of content, okay, when I, when I hear the word content, then I can think, okay, well, when I think content, I think testing.
0: As an aside, I do admit that mood measuring wearables could perhaps measure this sort of thing someday, but my assumption is by the time those have any sort of widespread adoption, that privacy laws will prevent them from being utilized by companies anyway for ad targeting. So just an addendum there. But emotions, we as humans are emotional beings. So how does one quantify the impact a specific ad on Facebook has as we scroll by it? Not simply quantify the actual visits themselves. How does one quantify the emotional impact that that ad has?
1: If I think about how does that play, how does content come into play with attribution? I would say there's not a lot of analyses that are done in that area today, I would say content and evaluating how content triggers a reaction in a consumer. Most of that evaluation is done within the construct of AB or multivariate testing, where you're serving up different content, ideally to a similar set of users, and then measuring the incrementality. I don't think it comes up that much. It'd be interesting to do some work in that area, I think.
0: I'm really into cycling, and there's a specific cell phone holder for my bike that I've been eyeing for about a year now, but I still haven't pulled the trigger. I have no doubt in my mind that I will. It's a fantastic looking phone holder. I just haven't. At this point, winter in Montana, I'm also not going to for at least a few months now. When I eventually do purchase it, though, probably sometime in spring when I'm excited to get back on the road again, it will undoubtedly be outside the window of their attribution model. So even though my first ad impression and visit made an indelible impact on my purchase decision, I just don't need it enough yet or don't want it enough, I guess, to spend the extra money. I don't have a great reason. I just haven't bought it. So during the last few clicks, Google measures with DDA when I finally do purchase, you know, probably by typing in the brand name into Google and clicking on an organic link or, you know, when I'm showing an ad on Instagram again for the thousandth time. Well, then Google will get a look at a part of my customer journey, but they'll still have no insight into the core emotional triggers I experienced when I first saw that ad. They just see clicks. And hey, in this example, they're not even going to have insight into those first few clicks if I'm outside of their attribution look back window. Okay, so that's one example, right? Maybe not even a great one, but it's not that much of an outlier. Many people do, though, purchase low-cost things by making immediate emotional decisions, and those are simple or simpler maybe for an algorithm to track. But things get significantly more complex with longer sales cycles. My point being to at least note that attribution is more complex than simply choosing an algorithmic model like DDA.
3: There's gonna be a certain percentage of users who will click on an ad and, and buy right away. And then there's gonna be a certain amount of people who maybe spend some time making a decision, building a card, comparing options on other websites. And they might complete uh, a transaction hours later, days later. And what gets tricky is when, for example, uh, a high value industry with like uh, these larger conversions or so- something where people really need to consider a while before they make a decision, um, is that they can lapse outside of the cookie window. Are you tired yet? Kind of wish
0: you could go back to a period of time like... I don't know, before this podcast where attribution was full of numbers that you could trust? Okay, let's keep going. Let's look at a final concern with click attribution. Where does privacy fit into all of this? Consider, if you will, our world in which marketers rely on machines to analyze hundreds or thousands of sales in order to determine how to accurately assess the behavior of consumers in relationship to the marketing channels they engage with. Okay, now consider a world, a future world, a coming world, in which a decent portion of that click data is made invisible to the machine learning algorithms due to privacy concerns or laws. Uh, that's not good. Meh, the engineers shrug. We'll just model it. Modeling here meaning making assumptions based on the data that is present. Okay, sure, but at what point does losing a significant portion of your data begin to impact the accuracy of your models? According to Nate Woodman on Ad Exchanger, Google tries to solve this partially with its data-driven attribution model by focusing solely on Google-owned
3: channels within that model. There can be a tendency for Google to bias um, their own touch points because they know more about them.
0: But man, that leaves a significant portion of the user journey, you know, all those pesky non-Google properties like, I don't know, the rest of the internet, it leaves them out of the model entirely. That can't be very accurate. So this is the world we're hurtling towards, and it's an important one to keep in mind as we discuss attribution.
2: I think part of it is going back to the marketing basics, right? So it's going to have to be streamlined offers. And, you know, back in the day, it was like different, like, I don't want to say coupon codes, but, you know, it's like using different codes and different offers and different messaging where you can then attribute cleaner than you would without it.
0: Okay, let's pause for a moment and catch our collective breaths. Or is it? singular breath breaths breath anyways let's pause for a moment at this point you're wondering if attribution has i don't know perhaps insulted my mother or maybe i'm being paid by some ultra top secret society of anti-attribution illuminati like villains who just really hate data and modeling and statistics attribution is a great tool that has its place in every marketer's toolbox It's the blind acceptance of any particular model or a misreading of what attribution is capable of doing that I hope I've caused you to question in this episode. I'm not trying to get us all to hate attribution. I'm simply trying to help us realize that we can never and should never take what we're seeing in a single model, even a complex algorithmic model, as the gospel truth.
4: So the first thing I would just say is like, you should have an idea of what the data should be. And if it's not, then do everything you can to figure out what's going on. And if after you do like a real thorough check and you kind of look through everything, if it still shows that, then at least like have a theory at the very least of why the model could be right before kind of like leaning all into it. The second thing is that I would look at it more directionally. Um, Whereas if it's saying that, you know, a specific campaign is driving most of your conversions and, you know, is the most efficient, then, like, it probably is the best campaign, like, if we're being honest, especially as long as we're looking at the model correctly. But that doesn't mean that the other ones are are necessarily bad. And it doesn't mean that it's, you know, 10 times better than the one it's saying it's 10 times better than. So I would look at it, like, with the grain of salt, but like, still kind of putting a decent amount of trust at it because, on it. Cause at the end of the day, you need to trust something.
0: Attribution is meant to be a directional guideline for forecasting. But I believe there are times a great marketer may look at what her attribution data is telling her and then set it aside because of what she knows about a specific audience and creative that hasn't, and perhaps never will be, yet been proven in the data. Perhaps the off-quoted advertiser adage, don't bring your opinion to
3: a data fight, needs to be reconsidered here. A misunderstanding of attribution is maybe that this is actually reflecting objective reality uh, that, that can't be the case entirely, you know, attribution is just, um, it's always going to be just one view of reality and these different models can have um, value um, in terms of offering you different perspectives.
0: So let's bring it home. In our next episode, we're going to discuss the practical application of attribution in the world of PPC. How should we be thinking about the specific attribution models we have access to in Google Ads? How can we best manage our accounts with these things in mind that we've discussed in this first episode? Are there dangers in changing the attribution model in our accounts? Or is there even a wrong attribution model to use?
4: So I would just say like knowing your attribution models and knowing what's going on is important to be able to decide how much credit to put in the data at the end of the day.
0: We'll dig into these questions and more next time, but for now. I hope I've convinced you that click attribution, like anything else, has its pitfalls to avoid. Don't let your attribution model stifle creativity in your marketing department. Great marketers across the centuries have created memorable and astounding campaigns simply because they had a vision, a sound strategy, and someone with the guts to approve their idea without any click data to back it up. Use data as a wise counselor, guiding you in your ultimate decision. But don't treat a specific attribution model as your Lord and Savior. I'm Kirk Williams, and may the auctions be ever in your favor.
3: All the money that e'er I spent, I spent it in good company.
2: And all the
0: This podcast was recorded in the Zeta Works Publishing Studio in Billings, Montana. Zetaworks Publishing is a subsidiary of Zato, a paid search agency focused on e-commerce brands owned by Kirk Williams. We look forward to seeing you again next time.